Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. We're totally bent for your listening pleasure. Joy 94.9. We're on it. Where are you on Saturday Magazine with Nevena and Macca? We're joined by one of our favourite regulars back in the studio, 2024. Ave, welcome to you. Hi, thanks for having me back. Good, happy new year. Now you've been, did I see a news report or some uh, uh, video of you and it had you as acting leader? Yes, there was a period of about a week oh. uh, where I did you get paid more? No, I don't think it works like that. Unfortunately, um, no, no higher but, duties allowance. No, but uh, the responsibility, nonetheless. Yeah, uh, it was it was an interesting week because really simultaneously to taking on acting leader that that period, yeah. it was when we saw that suspected mass overdose, and mm. so that as a portfolio issue, drug harm reduction is something I would have to deal with personally anyway. And so it really, it just meant that everything kind of converged. I'd just come back from, you know, a few days of leave over that New Year's Mm. period. And it was straight back in. It kind of, I think, says everything about this job that the work does not stop. You have to keep working for community, delivering as many outcomes as you can. And I think, you know, the conversation around pill testing, around um, drug overdoses in the community over the summer, it's just getting more and more heated. We have to find resolution. Can I ask, Ave, and and I know Nevin is got a whole lot of questions stored up um what do you say to the people and and, you know my view on pill testing is very clear i talked about it last week it's got to happen it's a reality it's sensible it's harm minimization but what do you say to the people who say oh no well this encourages people to take drugs it gives them a feeling of safety, oh yeah, well, that's an interesting concept, isn't it? Gives them a feeling of safety and it will encourage drug use. What do you say, What? how do you respond to that? Well, what we see in the data coming out of yep. the ACT, where pill testing is currently up and running, uh, it's soon to be up and running also in Queensland, is that consistently there is a cohort who, once they've had this one-on-one conversation with a medical professional, once they've learned what is in their previously untested substance, if it's something they weren't expecting, if it's in a dosage that they're not able to manage or other issues, uh, what we see is a consistent cohort who choose not to consume that substance. And that can vary for the different Mm. areas where this testing happens. Sometimes it's as many as a third of the people coming in where that is observed. And then what we also see reported is a further cohort who they may still take the substance, but they change the behaviour in which they do so. So it means that their dosage might change, they might be more hydrated, they might manage their heat differently. And all of these things, you know, that suspected mass overdose that happened in Flemington several weeks back, one of the worst our state has ever seen. In the Department of Health report that came the following week, what we saw was it was a multitude of all of those factors that led to that harm. It wasn't just the, the drug they took, it was the environment that they took it in and, you know, the other factors that, that, that affected it because the political discussion, you know, really what I see is if we believe what we read in some papers, you know, there might be a little bit of movement on the government side, at mm-hmm. least to actually, uh, interestingly, look at the evidence. Uh, on the opposition side, you know, uh, they've said 
they're against it. But, you know, John Pasito has given a couple of reasons which, which they hold water, but a bit like a sieve with glad wrap. So do you feel that the political environment is, is there for the discussion to be had based on the evidence and to make the case? Or do you think the government's just going, nah? I think we are closer to seeing pill testing established in our state than we have ever been. Yeah. And, you know, I've only been an MP for just over a year now. Uh, in, in that time, we have gone from a previous Premier whose position was steadfast against just say no, that kind of rhetoric, which we've seen fail for decades. The new Premier, the crucial moment that we've seen with the timing of all of this is that we've got a bill that's a three-party co-sponsor, historic, never happened before yep. in this parliament that's currently coming up for debate, you know, sort of end of the summer. Um, so there's the timing of a solution being on the table, but then a new Premier who has an opportunity to show new sense of leadership on an approach to this issue. And at that time, there were questions pending of the new Premier. She hadn't commented on pill testing while in the role. Uh, and so really that sort of week following the suspected mass overdose, it was the opportunity for the new Premier to mm. put on the table what is her administration going to do with this issue. And the initial response was a continuation, unfortunately, of that just say no, tough on drugs kind of mindset, which has not worked. And harm still occurs while that rhetoric is used. Then we saw the, the next yes. week there was a further festival where in the absence of action, in the absence of a harm reduction measure like pill testing being introduced, we saw more cops. We saw sniffer dogs, which is not a thing we usually associate with Victorian music festivals. It's very sort of like tough New South and those Wales sniffer do- those thing. sniffer dogs are so accurate. Well, it's less than 80% of the time, Maka. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, you'd be better getting, you know, getting Patch the Greyhound to find a treat. It's honestly, you could flip a coin and point at someone and yeah. that arguably is more likely to find drugs on someone's person. And that's just like, that's detecting the substance. That's got nothing to do with reducing the harm of that mm. substance in communities. Like it's not keeping people safer. That's just about detection. And so it's a real sort of tough on drugs approach. Uh, more cops send in the dogs sort of approach when what communities expect, what people want to see is young people out there partying. We know they do it every summer. They want harm reduction. They yeah. want to, you know, people do not want to see young people in the back of an ambulance, no. people in hospital beds. We have our health systems under so much pressure already. And that's why I think we've seen commentators from like the ambulance union speaking yes, on this, that they recognise very strongly that, you know, they're already stretched across all these other issues. You won't so, get a comment from Ambulance Victoria. They haven't got the virtue signalling flag ready for that yet. Well, we've seen, we've so far, I think, been, I think we're definitely from the position of the Greens in lockstep yeah. with um, the Ambulance Union, among many, many other medical commentators and, and health bodies, because they recognise that harm reduction is going to keep people safer. It is going to move us forward as a state to where we can take better care of people and treat drugs as a health issue rather than a criminal issue. I'm so glad that you mentioned positive behaviour change because yeah. on the other foot, there's negative behaviours that happen when we have passive alert detection dogs or let's just say sniffer dogs at festivals. And some of those documented measures are young people panicking and taking their substances all at once. Yes. It's young people putting them in places where they shouldn't be or giving them to one person to carry together. These are negative behaviours that we have a full range of um, uh, different policies, measures and approaches to make positive. We want younger people making better decisions for themselves and we do that by giving them the information they need services and doing it in a non-stigmatising way. Um, Nevin, sorry, it's Paul again, just 
butting in. Um, Abe, the, the roadmap to the change of the mines in the ACT to actually get yeah. pill testing up and running. Have, have you managed to, to take some of their learnings to say, actually, if we're going to do this in Victoria, this is what happened in the ACT and this is how we can move it forward here to at least get to trial. I mean, uh, we don't have to get a full change. But Just, also Queensland. Yeah, and Queensland as well. It's a really great point to bring up, actually, in that uh, when not that long ago I went to the CAN test, which is Canberra's pill testing fixed site service, when I went to tour that last year, what they shared with me in terms of, yeah, their roadmap, their approach to this issue was that it's about communicating to people broadly across the state that this issue is not actually to a niche group. It affects everyone mm. directly or indirectly. There's our young people who we know every summer are going to be going out and consuming these substances, whether we say, just say no or not, like they're going to do it anyway. So we accept that reality. Friends and family of those people are going to be in some way connected to this harm that goes on in the community. If it's not you personally, it's someone you know, someone you love, and no one wants to wish on anyone that harm that would see them in the back of an ambulance or worse. And so for the Canberra context, it was about communicating that message to people that actually this is a harm reduction measure. This is treating this issue as a health issue with compassion, which I think as Victorians, we do share that value. I think we can move with that. And the more that that message is shared, the more that it became apparent that actually, you know, this is a scheme that's going to, it's not going to eliminate every risk with these substances. We know that that's not a thing you're going to be able to do, yeah. but it's practical about taking steps to reduce harm. And those advocates uh, who are against it, we're going to just chat about that point of view very soon. We're just taking a short break. Yeah. If you want to join our conversation, text us on 0427 569 949. We'll be back in a moment. Our community is strong. Make joy even stronger and become a member. Joy.org. .au. Indeed. You are listening to Saturday Magazine. The team here is Macca, Paul and Nevena and James. Who are we speaking to? We're Nev? speaking to a wonderful guest, Abe, who's joining us in the studio this morning. We've heard about um, some of the terrible incidents that happened recently in our state with a suspected mass overdose. But Abe would also love to learn some of your priorities coming from the Greens and your office in particular for 2024. Well, it's a new parliamentary sitting year, and so that yields a whole lot of new opportunities to move the state forward, get progressive outcomes. So we've just been talking about pill testing, harm reduction. That's absolutely, from a portfolio perspective, mm. something that I'll be pushing this year. If there was one news resolution from me, it's we're going to see pill testing in 2024, fingers crossed. Um, but also we know that there are other issues that are ongoing, larger systemic issues like access to housing, like action on a climate that's increasingly under threat. Uh, and we saw... Uh, a series of inquiry processes last year into things like housing and renting where we want to see action, we want to see further government investment, we want to see clarity on large-scale government decisions. Like we saw at the changeover of Premier last year, the announcement for the demolition of, um, I think it's 44 of the public housing towers in our state uh, over a period of time. And so that was quite a distressing announcement. I remember my jaw hanging open as I watched yeah. the press conference. It was, you know... We expected announcements on housing from this government, but that wasn't it for me. Um, and so I think there are continued questions that need to be asked, you know, if there are genuine concerns about um, structural integrity or accessibility or other matters to do with these sites, does that pertain to every site? Yeah. And what are the effects on the residents? Because we have residents at forums and at their doors who are telling us that they do not want to leave, that this is their home, that's where they've built community. So how can we preserve that? How can we make sure that we're getting the best outcomes for them? Are they financially better Or even, even something as basic 
as insuring, you say, okay, here's a, here's a block of buildings or a group of buildings. There's a community there. We want, to re- we want to make it better. We want to replace it. We want to provide more accommodation. Okay, what we'll try and do is we'll try and do it in stages, but we'll, we'll relocate and we'll bring you back. And in a lot of these cases, there isn't a guarantee that you can come back, come back to the area. I mean, I, I just, you know, if you said to someone, oh, well, look, we're going to, you know, you're going to sell your house, but no, you, we're going to tell you where you're going to live. Mm. Like people go, nah. So why, you know, is public housing and, and social housing treated differently? Why do people, it's a bit like a, a, a dodgy lottery, isn't it? Uh, well, I, th- I think you've raised a really important point and, and you sort of referenced this earlier in the program, this idea of trust. Yeah. Uh, these residents are having to trust that government is going to provide not only the services and the amenities that they mm. require, but also that it's going to think about them and their community yeah. and their you know access to each other, what they have built over many many of them decades. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we we do need to be, as as you've noted, um, aware of how are we engaging with housing as an, as an issue that does not stigmatise certain groups, mm. that that treats people with compassion, it treats people equally. It's, Look at Singapore. Well, there are that's there are places around the yeah. world where absolutely their access to social and affordable housing, or let alone public housing, is much more advanced than we have here in terms of proportion of spend, in terms of delivery over years. I think what we're dealing with, which has come out of past inquiries, is uh, decades of inaction on the provision of public housing, mm-hmm. let alone social housing. Like uh, the, the the inaction over a long period of time has led us to this sort of boiling point where now we're having to take really drastic measures. We're having to really put our money where our mouths are to to deal with this issue. And so as much as we possibly can, we want to see this issue resolve as smoothly as possible. We want to see the best outcomes for the residents. And that's where the Greens, being in the balance of power, both in the state and federal context, we have to make sure we're keeping up that fight. Yeah. We're ensuring that Labor comes to the table with the best possible outcomes to provide housing to people, which really we should be thinking of as a human right. Another interconnected issue is a grassroots campaign that started online. It's called Rentals. Uh, You can fill in the blanks there of what you think it might be. And it's one advocate who started looking at some of the listings that were less than, say, complete, dodgy mould, holes in the ceiling, you know, mushrooms growing in the carpet. And this has picked up a lot of momentum online. And because it's come from the grassroots, it's attracted a lot of criticism from some uh, landlord agent groups, but it's also given a platform for renters to say, these are the conditions I'm living in, this is what I'm paying for them, and this is not on. Are you familiar with this campaign? And have you been shocked by just how bad the conditions are, not only in Victoria, but across the nation? Yeah, yeah. Look, I absolutely am uh, familiar with this campaign. Jordan, who runs it, does stellar work. Mm. Um, really, I think it speaks to when there is a large cohort in the community who feel neglected by um, the powers that be, by their government, they will take power into their own hands and they will try and fight for change. And so, so through these mechanisms, uh, this sort of reporting website, that has been set up, what we're seeing is renters call out dodgy behaviour. Yeah. We're seeing the standards that people are being forced to accept their living conditions is being elevated into the public sphere in a sort of unconventional way. But in doing so, it is prompting the conversations that we need to be having about what should people expect when they're provided a rental home? Why is it that we have people who are treated like second-class citizens purely for the fact that they don't own their home? I think, you know, we're talking about housing as a human right. We're talking about provision 
of housing to all people, there will be people who are not able to buy, who are having to rent, and they should not receive uh, an unacceptable living standard. We, we've seen past legislation to this effect that we need to see this develop, but I think we've got a ways to go, as is evidenced by many of the reports on this site. And what I find fascinating about this is it often sits um, in tension with some government policies or some press releases where we say we've taken action on this and that has meant that. It's also, I think, given um, vision to some members of the community that haven't rented sometimes in decades. And then all of a sudden, yes. And then to say... This is unacceptable. Housing is a human right. I wouldn't want to live there. I certainly don't want my kids in these squalid conditions. And to your point, I think it provides a fantastic opportunity for people to organise and to make that point heard. I just think it's so powerful. Absolutely. Um, I think people who, as you've noted, haven't rented in some time. We saw this coming out of the rental and housing inquiry last year. Uh, Once they realise what is actually going on, I think it's broadly accepted that what we're doing is not good enough and we need to see legislative change and enforcement that will ensure that these outcomes change. Hmm. We're seeing a lot of terrible weather events at the moment and this speaks to uh, a lot of the drastic effect that climate change is having not only in our state but nationally and internationally. Is there any particular policy area that you're working on with the Greens at the moment to bring attention back to this because it can get lost in the many catastrophes that we're experiencing at the moment? It can feel overwhelming, this issue, and the scale of it and the the sort of the time and effort involved in trying to turn this ship around to make sure that we have a planet that is livable for generations to come. I think it's something that we should all be thinking about as much as we can. I accept, though, that there are issues that pop up that might dominate the media landscape in the short term, however. So in terms of a legislative agenda, in terms of pushing this, we are seeing, while there are really promising signs in Victoria that we're seeing uptake in solar on rooftops Mm -hmm. and things like that, um, and we are seeing a transition gradually occur, we also need to be ensuring that as a state context, let alone nationally, we are not pouring fuel on the fire by opening up new fossil fuel projects Mm -hmm. in this time. That is the opposite of what we should be seeing. Unfortunately, we're seeing that continue even in the Victorian context. We're looking at things like there's, there's gas exploration licenses at play, offshore gas, um, seismic blasting, which can be locally quite disruptive. A lot of these issues are getting a lot of local community pushback. And so as Greens in the parliament, both state and federal, we're absolutely amplifying those voices. People want to see action. They want to see a government that in a more uniform way takes action on climate, not just a little bit here and then going backwards here. We did, um, you know, to go back to some questions of of, of human rights. We did, uh, I think it was last week, Paul, we spoke with uh, Steve Demopoulos, uh, Minister for Environment, Minister for Tourism, Major Events, fun. Outdoor Rec- Minister for Fun. Um, and I asked Steve specifically about the vilification legislation. And he said that July, this is the, uh, this is the time frame. Uh, so I would say probably sometime before July, uh, the government will do a release. Uh, I know they've been doing a lot of consultation, but it seems like an awfully long wait. The it? community has been waiting a very, very yeah. long time. But at least we have, you know, at least we now have an indication. Look, it's an improvement from yeah. what we've seen previously, <laughs> but we've also seen projections in the past that have been put out and then not met. So I think it's important, um, you know, absolutely welcome dates that are being set. I I do, 
I worry about the community, about what can happen in that time prior to that release. Like, really, this is so long overdue. We, there's harm that does go on. Harm reduction. Pill well, testing. Vilification legislation. Keeping community safe and well. Yeah. Really. I what think, a concept. You know, Victoria is a compassionate state. Mm. We accept that more needs to be done to protect the LGBTQIA plus community from vilification. Um, the anti, anti-vilification protections are in place for other attributes. And so I think the community's been waiting for so long to see action on this. I, I have no doubt that there are people within Labor who care deeply about this issue and want to see action also. Oh, there are. But whatever there are. the roadblock yeah. is, whatever the holdup is, we need to see that moved out of the way. Like, this cannot wait. I, I welcome that there is an announcement of a date, but we really need it yesterday, Yeah, these laws. Should have been last July. <laughs> Uh, we're very thankful to have had Dr. Matteo Vagani, who works in the space of hate, vilification, yes. and the impact that has on radicalising people. And we were speaking to him uh, just a couple of weeks ago on a new academic project that he had done, which showed in certain contexts the causation between things like microaggressions and um, dehumanising language and the links to organised hate than organised um, hate actions. So when we say this, this is not just a, a theoretical thing that can happen. Yeah. This can have real-world consequences mm. on people, on their lives, and currently folk are not protected. It's really shocking that we're still here in 2024 having this conversation. And we're going into midsummer uh, over yes. this next couple yes. of weeks, and I think, you know, it's, it's great that we have this time that community is celebrated, but... Uh, while we are celebrating, there is so much that is yet to be done. And I, I definitely will be speaking people at the different events over midsummer about this issue, uh, as well as pill testing and other things, because we know that this work is necessary, it's long overdue, and we need to do everything that we can to steer this government in the right direction yeah. under this new Premier to deliver these outcomes. Ave Polieri, thank you for joining you. us on Saturday Magazine. A pleasure to have you he talking. He always shows Palestine. up, he comes in. Yes, shows that's why up. I say one of our favourites. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> always, it's a pleasure. Thanks, Ave. You're on Saturday Magazine with Nevena and Maka and Paul. Stay tuned, we've got a wonderful guest on the phone very soon. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.